Warning. What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. For a story. I like stories. For a tale. Yeah. That may or may not involve spooky elements. I like all of these things. Okay. And I will continue with what I had planned. Good. If you would have said no, it would have been a two-minute episode. Hmm. Like, all right, well, stay spooky, everybody. Yeah. yeah. But guess what? See you next week. Yes. <laughs> yes, see you next week. The end. And I'll just tell you the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Huh. And then we'll be fine. I like that, that I have that much power over this show. You have so much power. I should use that sometime. Oh, my God. What does that mean? Oh, mm. I guess I'll find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stay tuned. All right. Well, since it meets your criteria, the show will continue. For tonight. For t- oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fickle. I, well, we will, yeah, fickle. Well, we will... We will... We will... Cater to the fickle man and continue this week's episode since, cool. again, all the things he we qualified for do still apply. Well, I'm going to begin with one of the English language's best-sounding words. Of course, your miles may vary. And like most English words, most languages in general, really, um, this word originates from a different languages. Languages borrow from each other. Yep. The language we're borrowing from right now for the English language, being specific, would be Greek. Okay. It's all Greek to me. Oh, my God. Wow, did <laughs> I just serve it to you? <laughs> Here you go. Here it is on a platter. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah? Well, necropolis. Okay. I like it a lot. It's a good one. All right. Well, now you might be thinking, or maybe not you, Zach. I'm talking about the proverbial you, our loyal, loving listeners. The you that is not currently here, but Correct. will be here at some point. Exactly. And at some point, we will be there. Correct. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Isn't, isn't necropolis just like another word for a cemetery? Well, cemetery, there's a L in there. Oh, my God. We're in for a treat. I mean, I know what it means. Right. So. Exactly. But, like, you know, to anyone who would just say, you know, necropolis, like cemetery, I would say, just a cemetery. Sure isn't. Just a cemetery. It's a big cemetery. It is a large cemetery. And again, a town? Anyone, any, hmm? A town? Uh, close. Hmm? It might yeah. be, in fact, be a city. Yeah, it's definitely a city. Of what? Dead. Dead things? Dead. Yep. People? Mm-hmm. Humans? Yep. Humans? Humans. Humans. Bunch of dead humans. And I would, of course, take offense to just anyone saying like a cem- like just a c- like a cemetery. It's a yeah, city of the dead. Cemetery. 
are good. Yeah. But necropolises, again, and cemeteries are different. So let's take a slight aside in what makes them specifically different. Okay. Um, it's not... Well, we'll get into it. And I'm going to let wikidiff.com, it's a fun site, didn't know it existed until today, take the reins for this explanation. Because I could have put it into my own words, but I liked what they had to offer. A necropolis is a large cemetery, especially one of elaborate construction in an ancient city, while a cemetery is a place where the dead are buried, a graveyard, or a memorial park. Hold on. Continue. A graveyard is a cemetery that is attached to a church, I believe. And a cemetery is something that stands alone. Thank you. I like that. Thank you. Very I believe. Much. No, I don't that's, doubt you. That's from memory. So, but I like that. Well, because like the distinctions are basically because my next sentence right here is like a necropolis is a cemetery, but not all cemeteries are necropolises. Right. Necropolis. Just like all graveyards are yards full of graves, but a cemetery stands alone, and a graveyard is attached to a church. I believe. Correct. Yep. Words, language, these things matter. Also, the plural of necropolis is necropolises, necropoli? Necropoli. Necropoli. It's spelled the same, but you said it better. Well done. Okay. Now, this isn't, and again, self-indulgent. This isn't a one-for-one analogy, but bear with me. A necropolis is like, okay, if a cemetery received the matrix of leadership, but instead of gaining the power from the wisdom and knowledge of hundreds of deceased Autobot leaders, a cemetery can become a necropolis from generations of planning and being filled with thousands of cold, lifeless human husks. A cemetery prime, if you will. Hmm. A necropolis maximus. Okay. I just want to say those two words. That's the only reason why I included that. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, uh, Cemetery Prime, Necropolis Maximus, anyways. I mean, it sounds cool. That's what I thought, so I kept it in there. Hey, uh-huh. boom. Anyways, Necropolises, Necropoli, are old, complex, extravagant areas to deposit your dead. And you know what else is old? Europe. Mm-hmm. To be specific, Great Britain. To be even more specific, Scotland. And to be even more specific, Glasgow Southern Necropolis in the Gorbals District. Okay. Okay. Had a weird little switcheroo here with my sentences in my autocorrect, but I compensated. There you go. Thank you. Now, the Southern Necropolis in Glasgow. Some background information on the Southern Necropolis. Mm-hmm. The cemetery was established in response to the crowded state of the old Gorbals burial ground on Ruther Glen Road. Proposals for a new cemetery were put forward in 1839, and the following year land was purchased from Wilmer William. Wow, I combined his first and last name. Nice. William, thank you. William Gilmore. Wilmore, <laughs> that's your name now. William Gilmore of Oatlands. The first burial, that of a 16th month-old child, took place on July 21st, 1840. There are three sections to the cemetery. Central opened in 1840. Eastern opened in 1846. And the larger western section opened in 1850. The entrance to the cemetery is at Caledonia Road. 
via the Grand Gatehouse, which was built in 1848 to designs by the Glasgow architect Charles Wilson. Currently, the necropolis contains over 250,000 deceased. Damn. <laughs> right? Holy shit. We were talking about in our previous episode how 800 people is a lot of dead people, which is true. Mm-hmm. Fact. That's a lot more. 250,000 people is a way more. It's a lot more. All right. Now, like any serious burial, uh, burial ground, the Southern Necropolis has its own share of lore attached to it. Who would have guessed, right? Who? Surprise. I mean, we don't talk about that kind of thing. I was going to say, what conversations do we have in this show? Hmm. Anything relating to that kind of stuff? Typically, yes. Usually, most of the time. Now, one of the notable legends, and it may sound kind of generic, but it's a little specific, is the legend of the White Lady. Now, There's a lot of those. There are. But this one. It's not a woman in white, but it is the White Lady. Okay. So it's a little different, and it goes as followed. Uh, Loving husband and carpet maker, John Smith. It's his real name. It's not a fake name. It's generic. It is, but again, back in the day, maybe there weren't as many John Smiths. Maybe. Uh, Probably not, but maybe. Now, John Smith erected a statue of a cloaked woman in memory of his wife, Magdalene, and her housekeeper, Mary McNaughton, and had it placed above their graves. The two women were killed in 1933 when walking home on a rainy night after attending church. They were both struck by a tram. And dead. And murdered. They're dead. Yeah, I get that. Wait, is it murder if you hit somebody with a tram? I mean... It's not just an accident. It was murder like he intentionally ran them down on his track. (laughs) He's like, there they are. I've been waiting for this. When I read the things I write, I should not add like Because <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was, in fact, an accident. <laughs> he murdered them. He's, he's These just, are the two most important women of this man's life. They have to die. I like the idea of the tram driver just waiting there like, on the like, tram. And he's like, there they are. Now's my chance. Come on, they think I, he's got the lights off or they don't have lights, whatever. It's 1933. No, he had the lights off. Yeah, it's just like waiting. Yeah. It's like you hear the engine start up, but it wasn't really an engine. How does the tram sound? I don't know. <laughs> give, give it your best. Burr. <laughs> Good. That's <laughs> like a motorbike. Yeah. Okay. And then he ran them down at like six miles an hour. And it's like, no. And he slowly just crushed their entire body. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm. Well. No. That, that may or may not have happened. Okay. I will not attest to that. I will not cite that source. Now, the statue is said. Um, to be haunted, believe it or not, and is known for its horrifying stairs. Okay. Now, any stair can be kind of creepy. Yeah. And it's a statue. Creepy glance. Hey, don't you feel like there? the statue is like kind of looking at you sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what if? Again, the statue. Its head turns and follows you. Well, that's not good. That's abnormal for a statue to do. Correct? Definitely. Okay. If you aren't careful, again, it's staring at you, which is weird enough, but if you're not careful, its gaze will turn you to stone. The Medusa effect. Gorgons. It'll get, get you. you. It'll get you. The Gorgons ain't gonna... Mm-hmm. Gorgons don't play. Gorgons gonna give it to you. Now, again, I said if you're not careful, so how does one be careful? What cautious steps need to be taken to avoid being transformed into a stoic statue? To avoid this fate, you must run around the statue three times while saying, or maybe yelling, that's what I would do, 
white lady, white lady, white lady. Okay. Presumably everyone knows this trick because there have yet to be, um, well, there, ha- there have no, there have, wow, there have been no spontaneous surprise statues created or discovered in its immediate vicinity. So no random statues appear as if someone got caught. Spon- so perhaps everyone spontaneous cementation. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. So imagine the other, the groundskeeper one day there's no statues. Next day you come back, someone's like, ah, like, yeah. Oh well, got oh, him. Oh, not good. Or maybe that's just what she wants you to think. Hmm. Anyways, moving along. Up until the mid 1900s, Dixon Blazers. That's a man's name, but I believe so. Dick Blazers. Can you imagine if your name was Dixon Blazer? It's a cool name. It's cool. It's very cool. Well, Dixon Blazers, until the mid-1900s, Dixon Blazers Iron Foundry was used to take up space. Well, it used to take up space behind the necropolis. So there's a whole fucking ironworks, steelworks, industrial apparatus behind the necropolis. This portion of Glasgow was one of the most populated areas in all of Europe. Because often foundries or industrial sites like this provided housing for their employees because they were too poor to live anywhere else. The foundry was always running and because of the nature of what it did, it was always emanating strange lights ranging from you know, their colors orange, red, even blue flames, all flickering in all sorts of directions, creating abnormal shadowy shapes as they bounced off the thousands of gravestones and mausoleums populating the necropolis. So we've got a cemetery, Acropolis, industrial apparatus, flames, ironworks, a lot of melting things. There's a lot going on here. Mm-hmm. Now, the foundry smelled horrible and belched toxins into the air constantly. Various clanging and bangings became the background clamor for everyday life. Air- hmm? Clanging and banging. Clanging and banging. Who doesn't have a good clanging and banging? Am I right? Hmm. Talk yep. about talking about making like metal stuff. Yeah, the most interesting, or not the most interesting, the most electrifying. Oh man, in sports entertainment, likes clanging and banging. Does he really? Yeah. Why don't I remember that quote? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's but all I, I can don't. think whenever you say clanging and banging. Clanging. I just keep thinking about Poontang Pie when I think about that guy. I, I, <laughs> I haven't thought of that one in a while. Yeah. No. I think about it once every two weeks. It's a very precise clock. <laughs> it's clockwork. <laughs> All right. Oh, what is going on? All right. Well, I'm telling you about this foundry. Now, again, it was always running, and you know what happened. Clanging and banging. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lights, though, they flickered and did all the things that lights do. Air and noise pollution ravaged the land. Oh, and by the way... It's um, you know, any at any point in history until the modern era, you can sanitation systems were abysmal. Correct. Not, it was not good. Yep. It was, in fact, a terrible place to live. I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. But lived people did, in the many tenements surrounding the cemetery, uh, stricken with poverty, with nowhere else to go. The parents of the area may have felt trapped, but to the children that lived there, it was home. The industrialization of Scotland and oral folklore may have played a role in the monstrous 1870s poem 
by Alexander Anderson entitled Jenny with the Iron Teeth. Okay. Jenny with the Iron Teeth. Scottish parents would talk of creatures with iron teeth who would punish misbehaving children. How do you feel about that? I feel fine about it. Okay. <laughs> the kids probably didn't feel too good about it. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably like, what is this? Mm-hmm. What is it doing? And well, in Jenny's case, she would get you if you refuse to go to sleep. I'm going to read a few passages from the poem. Now, I would read the entire thing because it's honestly not that long, but it's written in its, like it's spelled out in its original Scottish dialect. Okay, yeah. Which, I mean, is a little tough for my little American mouth to handle. Yep. Maybe we'll play the YouTube reading I found after the end theme of this episode just for fun, but I'm not going to do it because it's tough. Anyways, what follows is the first two, we'll uh, not paragraphs, but... Stanzas? St- hey, have you heard of poems? I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm not going to say I spent all day thinking of that term, but I did. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's what I wanted. That's good. Okay. okay. <laughs> all right, okay. Jenny, and like, it's Jenny with... Uh, the iron teeth, but the the dialect, just to give you a taste of the dialect to those of our listeners not native to Scotland. Um, it's Jenny. With is like W-I, like wit. The iron, which is spelled A-I-R-N. But that's that's iron, right? I want to see this. I want to see if I can say it phonetically. Yeah. Jenny wit iron teeth. Jenny wit iron teeth. That's how it goes, man. And, like, I debated playing the clip, but, like, I'm totally playing the poem for you this episode. Jenny Witt, the Iron Teeth. Yeah, Jenny Witt, the Iron Teeth. All right. Ready for this? Yep. Okay. Lay it on me. Should I try and do the Scottish? Or no. just, like, read it? As- <laughs> <Just> re- <laughs> <laughs> All right. What a plague is this of mine. Winnestig hizzy. Though I hap him hour the head, as cozy as can be. Sleep! And let... Meet in my wark. I they clays to iron. Jenny with the iron teeth. Come and take the bairn, which is child. Mm-hmm. Take him to your den with a bogey bides. Means where the bogey lives. Abides. That's probably what that is. Mm-hmm. But first put bath your big teeth. Bath is both. But first put both your big teeth. In his wee plump sides. Ginger old gray power shake. Give him fray, my grup. Take him where a kiss is gone. When he wakens up. Jenny Witt, the Iron Teeth. Now, this may seem unrelated to what I was previously talking to you about. You know, a a random Scottish poem, even though it's still Scotland. Uh, but the randomness continues because I'm going to whip a Bible verse at you. Oh, shit. Daniel chapter 7, verse 7. Do you know what I wish I had? I had a po- I wish I had a podcast where all I did was read Bible verses to you. Haven't done it. Sometimes I have. 
But it's been a long time since. That'd be entertaining. Oh, don't tempt me because I would just whip the Bible open in the beginning and just <laughs> and just go. Yeah. Well, maybe. I don't know, man. What do you feel about Patreon? What do you want? Nick, Nick reads you the Bible? Okay. Hmm. Mm. Zach reacts to the Bible. That might be more fun. <laughs> well, because like I'll get to read it and you'll get to react. Yeah, yeah, we'll work on that maybe. All right. Well, hey, Zach reacts to the Bible. What does that mean? And Nick goes, I don't know. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh wow. Well, that's a. I'm gonna. I I want to pay for that Patreon. All right, Daniel chapter seven verse seven. Uh, okay. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, terrible and dreadful and exceedingly strong, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it. Okay, read you a few things there. Mm-hmm. Gave you some backstory. Mm-hmm. Got a necropolis going on. Read you an old Scottish poem. Part of it. It's the way city l- of the dead. We got a girl with iron teeth. Girl. Yeah, Jenny. Jenny. Yeah, Jenny. Little Jenny. A little Bible verse. Just be like, hey, look. Got some iron teeth going on. Is that a theme here? I don't know. Whatever. What connects everything I've been telling you so far? Creepy poems? The Bible? Scotland. Scotland? An old Scottish necropolis? Where are we going? Scotland. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Time. Okay. Date. Uh Uh-huh. September 23rd, Uh 1954. Hmm. Quote. We... This we being Tam Smith, who was a boy at at this time, and his Aunt Sadie, who from a few different accounts I read, when people saw Aunt Sadie, they were like, oh shit, it's Aunt Sadie. They were kind of scared of her. Not pumped about it. Yeah, they were like, well, like, maybe like, not pumped is true, but maybe like pumped, but like afraid of her. Like, they don't want to mess with her. You know what I mean? Like, oh shit, Aunt Sadie, damn. Mm -hmm. Okay, anyways. We had been sitting in the station cafe next to Bridge Street Underground after school with some of my pals. We were sitting there listening to the jukebox, and a friend of hers ran in and told us there was a vampire in the graveyard. Okay. Yeah. Ronnie Sanderson had this to say. Quote, It all started in the playground. The word was there was a vampire, and everyone was going to head out there after school. At 3 o'clock, the school emptied. What? what? Go ahead. <laughs> Why? Oh, it's a vampire. Let's all go out of school and go oh. see the vampire. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I've been with that all day. Yeah, man. How do you feel about that? <laughs> it doesn't sound like self-preservation to me, but... <laughs> There's a vampire. Let's check oh, it we're going to go check him out. I mean, we're gonna go get him. To be fair, I probably would have done the same thing. And like, these guys were like little kids. Yep. There's a thing coming, but like, they weren't like fully functional human beings. I will say, when mm. this happened. 
They weren't adults. They were not adults. Absolutely not. Um, there was a vampire. And everyone was going to head out there after school. At three o'clock, the school emptied and everyone made a beeline for it. We sat there for ages on the wall, waiting and waiting. I wouldn't go in because it was a bit scary for me. I think somebody saw someone wandering about and the cry went up. There's the vampire. That was it. That was the word to get off that wall quick and get away from it. Yeah, get away from the vampire. But not everyone got away. Hmm. When police constable Alex Deeprose arrived on the scene, he was horrified to see at least 200 children ranging from 14 to genuine toddlers scaling the necropolis walls, swarming about the necropolis grounds, equipped with clubs, sticks, kitchen knives, stakes, and one reported crucifix. What? This is mayhem. <laughs> it's out. Wait, what the fuck, man? Uh, just children climbing walls with weapons? Yeah, keep Improvised weapons? Second. Whatever they had on hand is what they had on hand. <clears throat> when asked by a BBC reporter 50-some years later on what his choice of weapon was, Jim McGregor said, quote, a big stick. Fuck yeah. And a pocket full of rocks. Hell yeah. <laughs> Grab what you can. Let's go. It's time. Bob Hamilton, when asked a similar question, said, quote, a hatchet. All right, just whip that bad boy out. Let's go. All right. I mean, our episodes tend to escalate, and I have been building to a thing. Okay. Yeah. So, the children claimed that the that a seven foot tall, red eyed, iron fanged monster, but not any monster. He was, of course, a vampire, mm-hmm. had abducted two local boys and devoured them, and that they were out for revenge. This was their home, and they were going to make sure that he didn't take any more of them. Fuck yeah. All they right. set out to chop off his head. Kids in the 50s were hardcore, I they guess. They were not messing around, man. Again, this was the scene when PC Deep Rose arrived after getting several reports of children Rushing the graveyard, according to a newspaper article entitled, Police Had to Clear Vampire Hunters. <laughs> Hundreds of children with weapons. Improvised weapons. Whatever they could find. I'm going to read. It's a little news cl- uh, newspaper clipping. Okay. Householders in Caledonia Road, Glasgow phoned the police last night to complain of the clamor raised by hundreds of children swarming into the southern necropolis to track down and slay a, quote, vampire with iron teeth. The vampire, according to the children, was credited with killing and eating two wee boys. That's a quote. Two wee boys. They came from all over Hutchinstown. Some were so young they could scarcely walk but most were armed with sticks or stones prepared to do battle with the menace. I like the idea that some of these kids were, like, barely walking, like, and the other kids are arming them. Like, here, 
Take this rock. You might have to kill a vampire. Like, this says they could barely walk. The lowest, like, actual age I found was, like, five years old. So there is five-year-olds being armed by, like you said, 14-year-olds to try and destroy a vampire. Yeah, who do you think the pawns are in this situation? Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Get out there, Timmy! Ah! (laughs) Do some reconnaissance. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I see a thing over there. Let's fucking kill it. Shouts. Screams. It's a title. The hunt began shortly after school hours. Just imagine like three o'clock when you clock clock out. Wow. I'm an adult. You clock out of school. Yeah. I'm done. Well, I got paid for this. Not. (laughs) It's a waste of my time right now. Ah, well, not waste. I'm being dramatic. But you know what I mean. Freedom. The school bell, the school bell rings, and your all your class goes out to the graveyard to kill a, to vampire. Kill a vampire. Man, school would have been so much more fun. I mean, can you imagine? Yes, I can. Mm-hmm. The hunt began shortly after school hours when grown-ups first noticed a steady trek towards the cemetery. So they're just seeing kids. They're like, they're not going home. Where are they going? <laughs> Uh-huh. All right. Uh all right. He's still he's still walking. And like at some point, maybe in behind the veil or whenever you have a chance. Um you should probably wait. But I should have you Google what this necropolis looks like. It's fucking incredible. Okay. It looks cool as fuck. Mm-hmm. And it's in Scotland, which is cool as fuck. And like again, civilization exists outside. But, like, this necropolis is, like, 100, 200-some years old at this point. So, like, there's, like, a gate and, like, a, you know, like a wall fencing. But, like, the gate, it just looks incredible. Okay. It's very cool. So, yeah, I'm speaking about that gate. The children climbed the walls and scoured the grounds in the search for the vampire. Then their excited shouts and screams became so loud that normal conversation was impossible. Phone calls of protest were made to law to Lawnmower Street Police Office. Constable Alex Deeprose, uh, police constable Alex Deeprose said afterwards, quote, when I appeared, I felt like the Pied Piper of Hamlin. All shapes and sizes of children streamed after me, all talking at once and telling me of the vampire with the iron teeth. This I could handle. But when grown-ups approached me and asked earnestly, is there anything in this vampire story? It made me think. Okay. As darkness fell, the hunt tapered off and was finally called off by the rain. Also of note, an H film, it means horror. We'll get into that abbreviation later. Okay. film appeared at a local cinema that week. But the constable had no reports of missing children. Again, I told you what the kids, what the uh, kids said the vampire supposedly did, yeah, right? Yeah, two kids missing. Yeah, two kids were missing. Supposedly he ate them or sucked their blood or devoured them. Mm-hmm. Now, the uh, constable, he tried to tell the assembled horde, I imagined a man surrounded by kids, and just like, like he's honestly like, what? So he's like talking to them like people, because like in this situation... You don't. You're outnumbered. You got to just. They talk got to them. weapons. So. You, you got to talk to them. They got. They are loaded. They're. They're packing. Uh, he tried to tell the assembled horde that vampires don't exist, but they persisted until again, like the article stated, it started to rain. 
But Zach, that only paused the hunt. They would do this for three nights in a row. Bob Hamilton said, quote, it was chaos. Tam Smith continued, quote, the walls were lined with people. We ventured through the gatehouse and there were loads of kids in there. Some wandering around, some sitting on the walls. There were a lot of dogs too and mums and dads with kids. We found a place to stand out of the way because there were so many people there. I think the whole of Gorbals was in that graveyard. It's hard to put an estimate on the number of people. The red light and the smoke from the steelworks would flare up and make all the gravestones leap. You could see figures walking about at the back, all lined in red light. Because lest us not forget, there's an ironworks factory behind this place with all sorts of light and like construction work going on, <laughs> casting all sorts of weird images and shadows across this Acropolis. Okay. I can't remember how long we stayed, Tam said. But one thing I remember clearly is that there was a furnace blast from the ironworks at Dixon Blazes when it started to get dark. It turned the sky flaming red right across the top end of the gorbels. And when that went up, everyone jumped. They thought that was the vampire. Or the so-called, so-called Iron Man of the gorbels. At one point, someone had been burning stuff in a nearby chapel lane. And one of the stories was that the vampire had burned one of the boys there. Those were the kind of stories that were going around at the time. You would go to bed at night and wonder if these things were actually happening. But after those three days or nights, the hunt for the vampire came to a permanent halt. Hmm. Okay. How do you feel about that? Which is what, what just happened there? The entire the entire ordeal makes me think of like a scene from like Fantasia or something where it's just. You know, the night on Bald Mountain, but you got volcanoes erupting in the background and, like, a cemetery, just yes. chaos. Like, yes. Uh, yeah. And then kids roaming around, like, this big, very open space. Like, pitchforks and, yeah. Because it's a very industrialized area, so, like, as far as parks go, like, it's an open area, it's an open park. Kids would play here and, like, mess around. Because like it's a big open space, you know what I mean. Once you hop, once you hop the fucking creepy ass wall, you just fuck around and play. Right. So you just roam around, kids with weapons, things going off. Sounds fun. It sounds unbelievable. If I was that age, it sounds like a blast. Can you imagine if you had that experience at thirteen years of age? Can you imagine if you were five years old and some thirteen-year-old just like you know drafted you into this vampire war? Yep. How would your life? <laughs> how would your future life even continue? Because I mean, you, be this is amazing. I'd be Blade, I think, or some aspiring student of Blade, maybe. Aspiring student of Blade is <laughs> one of the best things I've ever heard <laughs> in my entire life. <laughs> Sunday Mail, it's page three, September 26th. It's been three days, 1954. 
The title of this newspaper clipping is Vampire with Iron Teeth is Dead. Oh, shit, they got him? Well, the vampire with iron teeth is dead. I guess done reading, done, over. I guess they said it, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, there's more. The vampire, which was supposed to be running amok in Glasgow's southern necropolis, on Thursday, after devouring two little boys, started children armed with pen knives, sticks, and stones on a mammoth hunt. They swarmed over the seven-foot-high wall. I love that. It's <laughs> seven feet. Children swarming a wall. You can picture it, right? Makes me think of, like, World War Z. Like it's that exactly movie. That. Like, they're just, like, piling up and just, like, getting over it. And, like, a kid 14 years of age could be piling over a kid who might even be fucking three. He's yeah. like, we're going to get him. Like, the three-year-old's like, ah, yeah, pa- man. Pawns. You're Time. Pa- you're a pawn. In the vampire war, everyone is essential. Yeah. Well, I like to think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they swarmed over the seven-foot-high wall and started searching the cemetery. The rumors swept through the Hutchinstown district of Glasgow with amazing speed. Police were called out. Now, I read a bunch of things about this, and I just kept thinking about Alex Deeprow's the constable who was called out. One guy, you know, it's a, there's a call. He's like, I'm going to check it out. He shows up. He's like, what the fuck there's is going on? There's hundreds of kids. Out? They're here. With they have weapons. knives. They have clubs. They're throwing rocks at the shadows. What am I going to do here? <laughs> I don't know how. Maybe I, I need to find a 14-year-old because he might be able to be someone I could have a conversation with and just ask, what are you doing? Who, oh, and I, and I find who him. Who is your leader? And I, and I find whoever the leader is who is 14, and he tells me they're looking for a vampire, and I don't know what to do. This was never in my training. I am at a loss for words, but I go with it, and lo and behold... I guess I'm out looking for a vampire. <laughs> yep. What the fuck? Okay. Lurid. Oh, this. I missed this. It's literally one sentence, but it's fucking chock full of like politics, ignorance, and rage and nonsense. It's one sentence. Okay. Wow. Lurid commies. And a horror film are blamed with starting the scare. Man. It's one sentence. Scare tactics are so good. It's literally one sentence. And you're just like, oh, my God. Also, I don't know how. Oh, well, you know what? What I said might have been true. But I'll read it again with the way it was spelled. Okay. Lurid comics. Oh. Uh, Right? Like. Illustrated mm-hmm. stories. Yeah. And a horror film are bland with starting the scare. It's interesting because communism is on the mind. Definitely. For this episode. Oh, I'll get there. That's why I, that's why I said it. Sorry. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, but last night, all was quiet at the necropolis. Youngsters who swarmed the surrounding streets guiltily laughed at the idea of a vampire. So I guess it's from, it's become, you know. Passe, not no longer cool. Hmm. Anyways, how about I talk to somebody? It's funny. I feel like I've been talking to Tam for the past day, but I have not been. 
But Tam is the person who I'm talking about, Tam Smith. Tam continues, quote, It was atmospheric. Bob Hamilton said, quote, It was an adventure. Tam continues, quote, Looking back, it was great. Back then we had no TVs. We went to picture halls and cafes for entertainment. So it was amazing to have something like this happening on your doorstep. Hmm. True. Mm-hmm. My great-granddad stayed next to the graveyard. He looked out right onto it. Imagine being a grandpa in 1915. I lied. Imagine being a grandpa in 1953. Okay. So, like, you've seen some shit. Two world wars. You may have not. You may have been a part of one of those. But you definitely, Pro- probably to a degree at least. But like, there's a lot going on. So you just walk outside and you see 200 children storming a seven foot wall. Especially in Scotland. Like in Scotland. England, UK. Right. And they were, yeah. Right. Blitz. Yep. Yep. And you just you just look out. and You're like, huh? <laughs> right. Huh? Oh. Those, those kids are going for it. Yeah. Again, like, like literally like World War Z, <laughs> climbing the walls. And you're just like, like, there's a gate over there. Like, okay, climb the wall. Mm-hmm. The stories he would speak of were of the Iron Man. That's a legend. But other people were talking about the man with the iron teeth, which might have been because of the iron works behind it. But I mean, the Iron Man was just the idea, like, again, Jenny with the iron teeth. Yep. Iron teeth, somebody's coming at you. It's kind of like a boogeyman type thing. I remember the headmistress of Gorbel's public school telling us all in the dining room that we were to keep away from the graveyard. But of course, boys will be boys, and we still climbed up there and looked around for this Iron Man or vampire. It was an adventure for us. For ages afterwards, people would come into school and claim they'd seen it last night. All right. So picture, I mean, we we grew up in the same area. So mm-hmm. picture going to school with the, the same bunch of ding-dongs, the same bunch of morons. Yep. But you had this fucking uniting experience. Because it would, it would unite you beyond all things, I would imagine. Yep. And then, like, every now and then, someone would be like, hey, I saw the fucking thing over there. And you'd be like, are you fucking serious? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, fuck. Like, Really? And then you have your various vampire stories of him creeping around the entire area. Like, I just think that would be like a bonding moment for even like totally different social classes or even social classes don't matter. But like, you know, hierarchies in high school, you know, it's all dumb. But like, we all did this. Mm -hmm. We try to get this guy. And you think you might see him? Dang, dude. I mean, that's like every... Well, not every, but like a bunch of horror movie tropes. Like, get your unifying factor. Right. The jocks, the nerds, the stoners, the whatever classes exist these days. Yeah. I'm an old man. I have no idea. Oh, man. Some of them that my students. That they I got did. new ones? Slide aside. What's going on? What are the classes <sighs> these days? I talked about it with one of my students that I just teach music to. Right. And they were like, Oh, the horse girls, the, uh, I don't even know. It was mind-blowing. I mean, you just said horse girls. That was the one that stuck out in my mind because it was like. Okay. 
Yeah, I was like, uh, sure. What? what yeah, she that? comes to school with saddlebags and a bunch of guys ride her. What no, does that mean? Oh, oh, no, it wasn't that. What does the horse girls mean? Oh, I forget what she tried to explain it. It was like, it was like the cat girls. So like a cat tail or something? Like what's? Yeah, I don't but know. Like I mean, do your best. We're just no one else is listening. What is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. It was like fucking bizarre. It was like uh, My Little Pony type of stuff, I think, but in the high school format. All right. This is a shout out to the internet. No, don't do Please, that. internet. <laughs> please get yourself self under control. Yeah. Because bad things are coming and you can stop it. Yep. Please, internet, stop the bad things. When there's My Little Pony girls in a school... Please stop. Yeah, the girl that told me this was like 12, too, so it's terrifying. She was at the good age of storming a seven-foot wall. She Can should you have been imagine? storming a seven-foot wall instead of having to deal with whatever that is. I mean, I feel bad for her for that fact. But can you imagine being 12 and just being part of your friends in a group? And like... like, Yeah, you ever seen I, Stand I, By Me? Yes. It's a lot more of them, and they're hiding, uh, hunting a vampire instead of finding a body. <laughs> but I'm just thinking, like, imagining that exact situation. <sighs> I can't. Sorry, it's a lot to deal with. It's a lot to deal with. Sorry. Oh, geez. You don't want me to tell you what's coming next. We'll just not read it. Just kidding, I will. But I mean, just imagine like the the uh, the the dynamics of like a high school, like a junior high. Okay. Oh, I'm still stuck on modern times. I've thrown my script out of the window for this. I gotta move past this. That's wild. Goddamn internet, get your shit together. <laughs> All right. So Tam said they started to e- to even build lore around the vampire. And one person who was in the wrong place at the wrong time got retconned into becoming his girlfriend. Okay. Quote. There was an old lady who used to carry two cats in a basket. She would go to the graveyard to get peace away from the kids and let her kids... I said kids, but in her mind, I'm sure they were her kids, to let her cats have a wander. But she was in there the night we went looking for it. So imagine you're just an old lady. You got two cats. It's a giant macropolis. Your cats know you. Yeah. You let them out of the basket to run around for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then 200 kids scale a wall with pitchforks. They didn't have those, but they might as well have been. You get the idea. Mm-hmm. Knives, rocks, fucking who knows, goddamn shovels to try and kill a vampire. You're just with your cats. And they come, it's a horde of human beings, and you're just like, ah, <laughs> ah. ah well, because she was in there that night when we went looking for it, the vampire, and people were involving the cat woman with the Iron Man. It was a shame when you think about it. She was an eccentric with an eccentric with wiry hair, but we called her Tin Lizzie. I kept thinking about Thin Lizzy. Yeah, I love Thin Lizzy. All right. 
That's not. Is that not how it goes? I don't think so. I don't All know right. what that was. I don't know either. So maybe it's, <laughs> it's a stroke. <laughs> I got Johnny and the Fox sitting on the record player right behind you. <sighs> well, I want. Well, that'll happen later. Yep. I hope. Well, I hope at least. She was the Iron Man's bird. So this woman became the vampire's woman. So that's fun. But this A-plus mess, monster excitement stupidity syndrome. Did you guys forget what a mess was? I did not. You did not, but I hope you did not forget. Listeners that I love, capture the imaginations of everyone who caught wind of it, and by now it was worldwide news, no longer contained to the kids and locals who got swept up in it. The viral hysteria had spread everywhere, but really sunk its iron teeth into the members of the House of Commons and people with agendas. You know the kinds. And they grew increasingly interested in what had caused this mayhem. I began this episode describing Jenny with the iron teeth and a Bible verse. Is this going to be censorship? What? What are you talking about? Uh, No, it's fine. (laughs) England's going to be like, England, I'm dumb. The United Kingdom is going to be like, do whatever you want. Demons are cool. Horror is cool. Do you like zombies and vampires and werewolves? Let's have more stories about it. No one's going to want to say that's bad. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. That sounds silly. I don't... I don't understand. <laughs> Why would you think that was coming? Weird. I, I don't know. Context clues, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the term context clues has never made me more happy. <laughs> oh, man. Just like everybody should just fucking I'm kiss more my upset ass. Yeah, go that- ahead. I'm yeah. more upset that you're not going to tell me this vampire is real and you're going to tell me censorship is real. <laughs> that's that's where I feel like this is going, and I'm I mean, sad can, about that. I mean, no, I mean, the script isn't permanent. I can change it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I can add stuff. Make some quick edits. I might. Hey, okay. Doop, beep, 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 boop. Uh-huh. Oh, that's what happens when you type yep. with an iPad. That's all normal. Ah, well... Mm. I told you they were curious what had caused this mayhem. I began this episode, I mean, I told you what I said. And then, you know, the Bible verse, which any of the Christian or Jewish kids, there's a lot of immigrants into the area. Industrialization, factories, warehouses, people were looking for a better way of life. And despite what we think, not everybody decided to come to America for the better way of life. They would move from where they were to England because that was better when from where they were. Right. So any one of these Krishna Jewish kids could have heard that Bible verse. It's like one or a couple of verses. It's actually a lot of verses that Dan talks about, about four people causing the end of the world and a bunch of cool stuff. I said, Nick, you have to calm down. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're not going to talk about that. Yep. But the, uh, the iron teeth creature was the last one of the four creatures that were talked about. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just saying there may have been, it may be related to four kingdoms and different things about the future of the world. I don't get into it. Okay. But the point is I could have, and I said, Nick, you're not doing that. 
that's for like the behind the veil stuff when I read the Bible. Shh, what am I doing? With the iron teeth and a Bible verse. They all could have, like, in passing. Do you think that really would have captivated the minds of 200 children? One single Bible verse? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. Kids don't want to read the Bible. No. And it's, it's getting read to them. And they're just like, whatever. And, like, some of the things in the Bible are cool, like Revelations, because it's insane. Yeah. But not everything involves demons, hell, Satan, and the end of the world. It gets real boring real quick. Yeah, it's like, don't be shitty. And, like, maybe you should be shitty, but, like, that's not good, so don't do that. Like, It's not all the same. No. But, like I said, people had agendas. So politicians and these said people had to find blame. And they chose to blame. They placed their blame. With American horror stories and comic books. Oh. Never mind that such things were generally cost prohibitive to the local Glasgow children. I mean, they're not unheard of. Uh, Tam talked about sharing like Batman and Superman stories, but like, it's there's not an influx. It's not like, boom, you can get whatever you want all the time, constantly. Yeah, I mean. It costs a bit. It was 1954? 1954, right. So yeah. like. Exactly. But, like, I mean, there's a lot of horror genres and horror niches, but, like, even that is popular, but still obscure at the time. Right. So, were they truly prevalent enough to spark mass hysteria amongst kids and adults about a vampire with iron teeth? Well, such accused titles were Tales from the Crypt. And Vault of Horror, two comic pulp story comic type things. Remarkably, the book that could have been to blame if it had been, uh, you know, if it had made it across the pond and was blamed when it was found out. So it was a story. They could have had it. When they found out it existed, it was immediately connected to what had happened. Um, The book was called Dark Mysteries. Which just so happened to feature a story called, quote, The Vampire with the Iron Teeth. Interesting. Right. In this story, a duchess is suffering teeth pain. So the Duke has a local sorcerer, slash doctor, slash dentist, maybe even a barber. I mean, he's doing a lot here, is my point. I want those job titles. They can, like... Somebody can sum me up as that. I want to be a doctor slash barber slash sorcerer. That's my dream job. Um, and like, as far as like, I just want the salary of a doctor. Oh my god, who? Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, that's even better. Because I was going to say like, as far as like ancient things goes, like brewmaster would also qualify, but doctor modern times i mean somebody might have considered me a witch at one point or a doctor (laughs) or a doctor (laughs) you feel better (laughs) yes the end Hmm. here's your shillings interesting thank you Hmm. i should use that as leverage my next pay raise well i'm a doctor depending on what time period you look at what are we in i lose track isn't time so crazy these days Uh, isn't time just you know pretty subjective (laughs) <laughs> uh, 
Oh, man, where am I? Who knows? Right, let's not go down that tangent. <laughs> I like where it's going. But these are, th- honestly, like, because I came across an article that had the uh, this full story. A few articles, actually. I kind of hope I put them in there. We'll mention it. If not in the actual episode itself, in the Instagram post. Um, because they had the initial, and it's it's fun to listen. It's fun to, to read and look at. The actual, like, illustrated whole story, the comic story. Like, I was able to read the whole thing, which is where this little summary comes from. Because I read it, and I was like, oh, i got to summarize this. Okay, here we go. It's a wild ride. Uh, I already established that he's a sorcerer, doctor, dentist. Um, do what he can to spare her the pain. So Duchess is suffering teeth pain. And the sorcerer decides, but, I mean, it's the ancient times. Like, her mouth is probably screwed up. So he decides that he needs to remove all her teeth. And replaces them with iron. But in the illustrated version of this story, the only story that exists, like her iron teeth have like pink gums and white teeth. So he's able to like shape them so they look real to an extent. Mm -hmm. But you need to know they're made of iron. Now everybody thinks these new teeth are the shit. So the Duchess is praised far and wide. Like, oh my God, look at her teeth. Aren't they cool? Yeah, she's awesome. And she's looking great. She's banging. She's just doing all the cool stuff that a Duchess does in like the ancient times. How cool is it? A lot of people in this comic had cloaks. I wish more people wore cloaks so I could wear a cloak. Cloaks are cool. I mean, two guys could start. Yeah, we could. Okay. All right. Whenever we're in fear has a publicity shoot. The first photo we have is us in cloaks. Yep. All right. I thought, okay, well, it's a fun thing to think about. Wow, wild. Didn't know I'd be going. Got to find a cool cloak. Sorry, I started planning. But anyways, this is going on, and everybody thinks these new teeth are cool. So, again, this story that I just mentioned for the comic, did I mention that, like, in the beginning, they mentioned a vampire was assaulting people across the countryside? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he was causing trouble. And at this point in the story, we find out he was from the village of Halto. So to destroy the vampire, again, he finds out a vampire may, f- be, may be from one specific village. What does the Duke decide to do? Duke it out. In a way, that is correct. He decides to destroy the entire village's population. Wow. That's They're a- all gone. That's scorched earth right there. They dead. They are eradicated. Huh. So that happened. So meanwhile, an American, it says an American minister. You know what? I live in America. We don't have ministers unless they're like in a church. And this is a political figure. We don't have ministers. No, we don't. We don't do that. We do cooler stuff. Like, you know, being great at everything and making no mistakes. Yeah, (laughs) that is. Yeah, but at least they're not ministers doing it. Yeah, they're not ministers. You know why we don't have ministers? Separation of church and state. We respect the Bill of Rights and everything that America has done since 1776 till now. Hmm. Sorry, I, (laughs) I saw something over here. I figured I'd take care of it. Okay. Well, America, for some reason, has a minister. And this minister 
he likes girls, so he married someone and has a wife. That's a thing ministers can do. That's true. Yeah, it's a, I mean, political ministers. We don't have ministers. We don't have political ministers. No, because like we're like, you know, we're like better than that. Like we're the best country. We don't make we we're this everything's perfect here. I don't know what separation of church and state. I agree with that. I don't agree with the first part of that. What that everything's that, perfect. Oh, hmm. yeah. Moving on though. <laughs> I mean, that might be true. There may be a few problems we have to work out. Moving on. I'm moving along. This makes the Duchess hate her iron teeth because the American minister's wife has fake ivory teeth. Mm-hmm. I said teeth. Sorry, guys. But the point is her ivory teeth were like, oh, everyone, this is cool. Iron teeth that, when illustrated, look exactly the same, but everyone in universe knows these are different and less than. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the sorcerer is like, okay, you just denied the same sorcerer from earlier, the dentist, you know, brewmaster, uh, doctor. Yeah. He does a lot of things. He he might even be called just a sorcerer because he knows like dentistry and like some kind of medicine that might even just make him a sorcerer. I want to be a sorcerer. Zach, do you know first aid? I did. I was trained as a boy scout. I mean, I may have similar training as far as that goes. You may in fact be a sorcerer. Fuck. Well, hell yeah. Think about it. Putting that on my business card. <laughs> so, sir. Got band aids. You know what a tourniquet is? I know alchemy. I'm a brewer. It's fine. It's witchcraft. <laughs> you totally do, you witch. <laughs> hell yeah. Let's go. Sex a witch. Boom. All right. More on that later. The sorcerer is like, okay, you just annihilated an entire village, so you came to me again. I should probably help you. The sorcerer goes to the graves of the people who were executed in Halto and removes the teeth from a young female corpse who was of similar age to the duchess. Okay. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. Without telling the Duchess or Duke where they are from, the sorcerer gives the Duchess the new teeth. But, again, they thought the um, vampire was from Halto, which is why they killed everyone. Keep that in mind. Because the Duchess turns out to, by some, I don't know how, I might have just given it away, becomes a vampire and murders the Duke. Because the teeth that the Duke, that the uh, sorcerer had taken were from the woman who was the actual vampire. Oh. He took her out and she was murdered amongst, you know, the the genocide that happened. Mm -hmm. Similar age, ripped out her teeth, made a little teeth thing. Gave it to the Duchess when she put him in her mouth, whatever. I mean, it made her a vampire. And that transformed her. She became all pale in the comics. And then she killed her husband. And then she turned into a bat and flew away. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Now, I never would have guessed wearing the teeth of a vampire could make you one. So I have learned that. But that evidently is a thing that had happened in this story. Right. All right, so I told you the story. It took a few seconds, but... So do you think that story caused a vampire hunt? Yes. 
I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. But in the poor districts of Glasgow? Yeah. That they were able to achieve this one comic? Because they never said the vampire was a woman before. It's true. But why is man the default? You put it in your head. I put it in in my own head. I mean, just because when you think of a sinister being... The most intimidating thing, typically, the most dangerous man is a man. That's true. I'm just being generic is, you know. Right. We're speaking in generic terms. But but that's true. Yeah. But do you and me have an agenda for this episode? Uh, Getting spooky, probably. That is the agenda all the time. Yeah. So, anyways, feeling an advert. American influence over their youth, an alliance was made between teachers, religious leaders, and communists. Oh, shit. This unholy trinity was a fruitful one. It sent the entire country, being the United Kingdom, into panic mode, where enough people felt a solution needed to be done or achieved or found. A solution required to save the children. In 1955... The Children and Young Persons Harmful Publications Act was passed. An act that remains law to this day. It states, again, the Children and Young Persons Harmful Publications Act. Any book, magazine, or other like work which is of a kind likely to fall into the hands of children or young persons and consists wholly or mainly of stories told in pictures with or without the addition of written matter being stories portraying A. The commission of crimes or B. Acts of violence or cruelty or C. Incidents of a repulsive or horrible nature in such a way that the work as a whole would tend to corrupt a child or young person into whose hands it might fall. Hmm. Yeah. Are you telling me, like, comic books are porn? Maybe, according to the United <laughs> Kingdom. I mean, I mean, whatever corrupts, whoever corrupts, you know? This made it almost impossible to find horror comics in the United Kingdom. A fact, and the reason why this episode exists is I came across this fact while reading um, the book The Art the Art of Pulp Horror by Stephen Jones, which I shared a few images of on the Instagram and my own personal Facebook, uh, Instagram page. But, like, it was a whole descriptive of, like, horror, like, history. And I was like, vampire of what? I was like, oh, my God. What the f- What the hell? Hmm. But let's talk about what happened those three days. All right? Okay. Let's, let's relive those memories. A group of kids were told or were led to believe that a seven-foot-tall, red-eyed, iron-fanged vampire had killed and eaten two of their contemporaries and set out each night to find him and achieve justice. Never mind to some of them, the very notion of a vampire was foreign to them. Ronnie Sanderson, quote, I just remember scampering home to my mother. She kind of said, his quote is like, What's the matter with you? I've seen a vampire. And I got a clout around the ear for my trouble. So his mom bopped him when he said he saw a vampire. And then Ronnie goes, 
I didn't really know what a vampire was. <laughs> Bob Hamilton. Didn't know what a vampire is. No idea. And the BBC reporter who were, um, was questioning him um, said, you just caught up, like, you know, doing something righteous? There was no fear. This was our bunch, and nobody can do this here. So they kind of wanted to just get him out of their town, their home. Mm-hmm. Bob Hamilton. Nobody knew we needed stakes. We didn't have Christopher Lee to explain you had to put a stake through the heart to kill him. We were just going to cut the head off. End of story. Don't know what we'd have done if we'd have met one. A horde of people got worked up into a frenzy over something they believed was out to get them. Something that was bent on destroying their way of life. A literal monster that scared them so much they felt the righteousness was on their side. So determined and filled with justice, they stormed a revered structure unbridled by facts or logic, merely ruled by emotions and what they heard their friends say. They didn't even know what a vampire was, but was told it existed and that it was out to get them. If only I could think of anything that paralleled that today. Thank goodness mania like that is left in our distant past. Mm-hmm. Global Vampire. The Vampire with the Iron Teeth. Okay. That is the story of that. It's a good story. It's kind of crazy, right? It's very crazy. It's kind of wild. Definitely insane. It's a lot to deal with. The Army of Children. The Army of Children. The Children of the Night. The Children of the Night. Equipped with weapons, knives. And like, they, like I read a few different articles and stuff. Um, like they kept a few of them mentioned like one kid had a had a crucifix so that kid was like shit he knows about fucking vampires yeah. he's like it's time that dude that kid's related to Van Helsing <laughs> yeah, his name was actually Derek Derek Van Helsing Derek Van Helsing look at him he's coming he's coming he's like, where is he and he's like this guy's Lord. he's leading the charge and we don't even know what he's doing and there's one kid over here I got a sword. What am I doing? I took over my dad's mantle. I got rocks in my pocket. Of, what's his What's his name from The Simpsons? Martin? Martin. I'm in danger. <laughs> <laughs> Just like. <laughs> oh, my God. Sitting on the wall waiting for the vampire. Yeah. And, like, kids jump over with all these weapons. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in danger. They're all, yeah, yeah. That's what it makes it's me It's exactly. Think I mean, that would be a good Simpsons episode. Mm-hmm. And it's like. So, like, censorship, it took a long time for, like, England and Britain, all, the entire British Isles, to get different American-type comics because of these restrictions in place. Yeah. Like, well, censors, censorship is stupid. I mean, we had our satanic panic, which we've touched on. I mean, one of us is going to actually jump into it eventually. Yep. We'll see when it happens. But, like, that's a whole thing. It is a thing. But, like... Yeah, it's uh, that's a lot, man. It's a lot. It's yeah. um, it's too much. But that is again the story of the the uh, the global vampire, yeah. vampire with the iron teeth. The vampire with the iron teeth. The iron teeth. Oh shit! That's my Scottish reading of it. That was good. 
It just reminded me to pull up which I had saved here, which doesn't have to be. You know, we can stick this somewhere. Give me one sure. quick second here. Okay. Because, well, let's close out for a second. If you have seen a vampire in Scotland, if you are a vampire from Scotland, if you live in the British Isles, just tell me, hey, how you doing? But if you've seen a vampire, please tell me what's going on over there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at weirdandfeardpodcast at gmail.com. The Instagram is where we spend a lot of our time. Facebook exists. It'll be making a resurgence soon. And um, if you want to tell us a story, anchor.fm slash weirdandfeared, you can you know record a voice message. Or just keep listening how you do. And if you enjoy the listening that you're doing, patreon.com slash weirdandfeared. We post bonus episodes, and we will continue the ramblings that are happening now um, in Behind the Veil, our exclusive Patreon series. Correct. But um, do what you do all the time, guys. Yeah. Keep living your life and stay spooky. Yeah, stay spooky. <laughs>